This is episode number 80 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're glad that you could join us on the podcast of podcasts of today. <laughs> yes, we are glad you are here. Thank you for downloading. Not another one like it. <laughs> well, not really. Yeah. No. We're, we're, we're one of a kind. That's right. The big 8-0. Yeah. Hey, show turns eighty today. Yeah, we're we're getting close to that triple digit. It's it we're we're creeping into like Joe Biden territory. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we're almost as old as Joe Biden. That's is that what you're going with? That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Dude. That's good. So we got we got we got a bunch of old white men running for the the presidency while we're, we got coroning. The uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be interesting to see what what's going on with the uh, the, the the spread of the virus. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like uh, one one of the things I was, I was talking to to Haley, our friend Haley. Yes, I was talking to her uh, just yesterday. Actually, she's your friend now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she is. We've talked on the phone. <laughs> That's right. One time, it one took. time. That's all it took. She's awesome. Um, so. I mean, mortgage rates are the lowest they've ever been. Dude. Ever. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, like, who knows what's going to happen? It could go lower. Yeah. I mean, it it's possible. It is. You, we've talked on this show before that there are other countries mm-hmm. that pay you to get a mortgage. Right. Negative interest. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's that way right now. It was Japan. Yeah. J- Japan had negative interest the, rates. There, I, I, I don't expect it to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read an article just today that it's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. They've already done it. <laughs> exactly. It's possible in the U.S. I'll right. t- say that. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, and you know the issue over there was, um, and, which I don't think is the issue. Like, the, the government decided to do that over there. One of the, one of the big issues was people were saving too much money. <laughs> yeah, they wanted them to spend it. Yeah, they wanted to de-incentivize the saving of money. And so right. they started charging bank accounts in order to keep money in it. So if you do that, people are more likely to borrow money and spend the money. And Right. And so the, so the weird thing right now is that the coronavirus is just scaring everybody. Right. And that's one of the reasons the, the recession, so to speak, it's not a... T- full-on recession yeah but it could be could be who knows yeah but i I got something else to tell you man what you got so we we were kind of cursed in our neighborhood with horrible um isp an internet service provider got it um would you guys get a new one what we did okay and so which one is it it's Tacus. Oh, okay, I've seen their trucks. So, so Tacus is um, it's a it's a local company. Uh, we are the only place out currently out there. Actually, Walden is also getting it, but uh, there's another place uh, kind of towards the woodlands in Shenandoah that that has it. Um, but um, they're new, and we had to get this. We had to get uh, basically neighborhood wide buy in. Oh, okay, for them to come install it. And so we had to have enough people say, yes, I will switch over in order to have them come install it. Well, it was pretty easy because what we had was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, though, because... Wasn't it was, difficult to get buy-in, basically. What you're it, <laughs> the buy-in was not difficult. What's weird is that where we live, our, we did not have horrible service. 
but on the other side of the main road, um, it, it's horrible service. I and mean, people talking about that just in the middle of the day, their internet would go down for hours and hours, sometimes days. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, for someone like my wife who works from home, I mean, it's a huge, huge problem. Yeah. You know, so, um, anyway, we, we decided it, it was, it was really one of those deals where dollar for dollar, it's about the same. Um, and, and we've had fine internet, but, uh, for, for a little bit more money, we could go from 200 megabyte download speeds to 500. Okay. Um, and it, it, it made sense dollar wise to, to make the jump. The other thing is instead of 20 megabyte upload, we're getting 500 megabyte upload. So we're getting equal download and upload speeds right now. And they're really, really fast. Hmm. Um, so we, the way we stream, uh, video content is probably different than a lot of people do. Um, and so I, when, when we installed the new internet service, mm -hmm. we, we couldn't watch TV anymore. It was like this complete lag and it was just, it was, it was buffering all the time and we could not watch any type of, of TV. Hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, this is ridiculous. We more than doubled our speed. Right. And we're not able to watch anything. This makes no sense. So I go through and I turn, I, I, I just reset everything back to the old ISP because we hadn't turned it off yet. Right. And everything works fine. So I call their customer service and I say, hey, something's going on. This, this doesn't make any sense. Um, can you give me any insight into what I need to do? So basically they said, well, everything's coming in on our end the way it should. It's probably your router. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we have a really, really good router. We, we have the Eero pro system, mm -hmm. which, um, if it is a good system, yeah, it's, it's a great system. It's the best wire. It's in my opinion, I've done a lot of research on this. It's the best wireless mesh system there is. Um, so, uh, I, I'm, I'm going this, I, all I did was plug it in differently. I mean, it's the same equipment. There's no reason that this shouldn't be working. And so I called my router company, called Eros Customer Service. And they said, um, well, everything is working the way it should be. I mean, our, our product is doing what it should be. They, they were able to see everything on my system right. uh, remotely. And so I'm sitting here going, okay. Both people are ne – neither one of them are blaming the other one necessarily. They're just saying our our stuff is working the way it should. Right. And I'm going, okay, well, I know for a fact that, m that my equipment is working, and I know for a fact that their equipment is working. This doesn't work at my house for some reason. Right. There's something going on. So I called them, and I said, hey, um, I, I, wanna, I want you to just come take it out. Like, just – uninstall it, mm -hmm. do whatever you got to do, come get your equipment, and I want to be done. And obviously, they didn't want to do that. Right. So, um, they so they put me in, in, in contact with someone who said, let me come back out. It's like a senior person. Let me come back out and look at it. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd rather just look at it. Most of the time, they're going to charge people to uninstall this. Right. Um, because... 
I didn't pay the install because I was an early adopter. So I didn't have to pay any install. But to uninstall at this point, they got to, I mean, they got to gain their money back. Sure. Right. Uh, and I said, listen, I, I've done everything I think I know what to do. And I'm, I'm not an idiot when it comes to internet service providers. I'm not an idiot whenever it comes to routers. I'm not an idiot whenever it comes to the internet stuff. I, I know what I'm doing and, and I'm, this isn't working. I said, okay, well, let us come out and check it. I said, fine. That's totally fine. Do whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. but just take it whenever you're done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as long and as it's gone, as long as it's gone, uh, I don't want to pay for this. And so, interestingly enough, the next morning, I got a call from somebody else within the Takas company. He is their infrastructure specialist. Uh-huh. He's the one that creates all and 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 does everything with their infrastructure. And he said, I can tell that you're not connected right now to your modem. Is that correct? And I said, yes, I'm, I'm not connected to your modem. I'm connected to the other ISP modem. He said, okay, uh, I want to try something. Um, have you ever heard of bridge mode? I said, yes, I don't know much about it, but I, I do know that sometimes that changes someone's ability to, to stream things differently. Um, because here's the crazy thing. Most people don't understand this. Most people think, oh, the higher speed I've got, the better things are going to run. Right. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, something only runs at the capacity that it needs to. So one one of the things that is a misnomer out there, and in, in this I think something that's really good for people to know, is that what, what do you think? I'm just curious. Do you have any idea how many how many um, megabytes it takes to run, uh, to watch a video or movie at 1080p? I have zero clue. If you were to take a guess, what would you guess? Well, any guess I would have would be just be embarrassing. Okay. I don't even like, well, I, I have zero concept as to like how big a megabyte even is. Okay, well, so what I'm telling you is we've got, we've got 500 down with this new company. Right. We had 200 before. So probably like what, 10, 15? Yeah, seven. Seven? Okay. It's seven. I wasn't far off. No, you Look weren't. But most people think <laughs> it's like tons and tons and tons. Right. You know, you, you could get away with streaming video at 20 megs. Okay. But most people are like, oh, I got to have a thousand. No, you don't. You really don't. Don't pay. Don't go pay for that unless you're doing crazy stuff at your house that your job requires. If you got like 20 people streaming movies That's at the same the time. Problem. Okay. Yeah. That's the problem is bandwidth. Okay. So anyway, um, he puts my modem into bridge mode. I get home. I turn it on. Boom. It works. Ah. So I say all that to say, and, and, and I've done a little more research to understand what bridge mode is. Uh, basically what it does is it allocates all of the, the bandwidth and the speed to one port and it takes out all the settings, all the settings that are, that are in their system. Mm -hmm. It basically gives you full control over those things. No, um, it's good and it's bad. Right. It leaves you exposed. I would imagine. Well, it, it, a lot of people want to use their modem with multiple inputs in the back. They want to put this in this one and this in that one. You only have one slot available. Okay. There's only one port available at this point. From there, you have to infrastructure it yourself. Like so, with a mesh system or... Exactly. Gotcha. With okay. something else. So, I, one of the things that I, I want our listeners to hear through all this, and the reason I wanted to bring this up today, is 
if you get to a situation where you think that you should be getting a certain speed and you're not, um, think about alternatives. It may be something as easy as putting your modem into bridge mode will change things. Now, conversely, it could have some negative effects, and it may be that you want to it, you make sure your modem isn't in bridge mode. <laughs> Maybe it is, and it shouldn't be. Right. So, anyway... It's, it's a bunch of lingo mumbo-jumbo for people out there who may not have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but if you do know what I'm talking about, then maybe that maybe that's helpful to you. And there's probably some people out there that are listening and going, gosh, Kevin's such an idiot. And that, he just proved it. <laughs> but anyway, there you well, go. And like, I, I know for a fact that our, our guest today was just like completely lost in the oh, yeah. conversation. She, I mean, like she spent like a good 10 minutes before the show telling us how much she hates technology. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she was lost. But I rely on it. <laughs> so, but we, we do have a really cool episode for you guys today. If you have ever thought about buying a home, building a home, or really anything to do with a home, one of the things that you're going to need is a inspector. And we have a really good one in the studio today. My good friend ricky neal is in the house hi how you doing ricky doing okay i'm so glad you're came, you're here i'm a little numb after that last 11 12 minutes <laughs> you just I you're gone no for like the last eight minutes what you're talking about. she's over there like playing tic-tac-toe with herself in her head i'm inspecting the room <laughs> <laughs> got a drywall crack over there oh yeah there's there's plenty of there's you're plenty missing of stuff. an outlet cover well, most, most, yeah. <laughs> an outlet cover yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> hey from where i can see yeah it's <laughs> what's visible to me at the time of inspection you, you should be you should be impressed because this was a chicken coop nice uh, <laughs> So and it, uh, I will I'll, I'll tell you the story about that later on. It's that was a fun one. Uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us tell us who you are, Ricky. My name is Ricky Neal. Um, I actually work as a home inspector. Um, currently, I'm working for a company called Golden Soap Inspections. Um, I have a Facebook page called Get Em Inspected. Uh, that came about kind of ironically. I was doing little videos on my own personal Facebook page, and I just kept saying, get them inspected. And one of my inspector buddies is like, hey, you might want to do something with that because you say it a lot. <laughs> so a few months later, here we are. Yeah. No, and, and that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. I, I love the videos that you put up. Oh, I'm so glad. They're, I crack up every time. I, w- I was actually on the phone with my dad earlier today and I was telling him, I think it was one, uh, it was a kitchen sink and there was a... The disposal. The disposal with the vegetable yeah, sprayer. That was a good one. It was like pulling a pull start weed eater. <laughs> Every time you lift the vegetable sprayer, the disposal would come on. And it was really funny because I'd spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out why it wasn't working. And I'd push the button, the reset. I'd gone to the electrical panel. Like I had done all these different things. And I decided just the heck with it. I was going to write it up as inoperative at the time of inspection and move on to my next item because I was wasting too much time. And so my next item was actually the kitchen sink. And when I pulled up on the vegetable sprayer, it came <laughs> I was like, Lord, love a duck, what just happened? I don't know what just happened. So Why I, you didn't start there? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Like, who would have thought? But every time I would lift up on the vegetable sprayer, it would, like, kick it on, and it would go off, and kick it on, and it would go off. And I was like, okay, what's happening? Well, come to find out, the homeowner was, like, 
apparently overprotective of their appliances. Mm-hmm. And even though their home was built when they had the AFCI, GFCI resets in the panel, they decided they needed surge protectors as well. Well, when he unplugged the disposal to put the surge protector and he didn't pay attention to where the loop of the water line was for the vegetable sprayer and it was wrapped around that surge protector. So every time you would pull up on the vegetable sprayer, it was kicking the Hitting the switch the, on it? It was kicking out that surge protector, so it was making contact in the receptacle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. But that was a funny one. Every time I would pull up, it would it would come on, and then it would turn off. and come on, it would turn off. I was like, what is happening? Uh, okay, I have to ask a question here. How many... How many homes have you come across that there's a surge protector under the sink? <laughs> More than I care to admit. <laughs> wow. I don't understand why um, individuals feel like their garbage disposal needs a surge protector, especially if it's built after a certain year and you've got all the protection in the panel that you need. But they do. It makes them feel warm and fuzzy. And there are three things that Trump code. And one is the authority having jurisdiction in your city, your state. Um, the other is the homeowner, because you can do whatever you want to at your house. <laughs> and the other is the manufacturer. But the homeowner usually wins. <laughs> in fact, Connor Mack and I, he's your friendly neighborhood roofer. We have a saying, it's Chuck in a truck. Here comes Chuck in a truck. <laughs> you can just tell the construction is not up to par. Oh, man. Wow. That's like when they say my brother-in-law's an electrician or my brother-in-law's a general contractor. Yeah, that bro- yeah. brother-in-law's in general. Are, can be fun. <laughs> and they have some interesting ideas on how to do construction sometimes, too. Nice. My brother-in-law literally is an electrician. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother-in-law to Kevin. <laughs> some brother-in-laws actually do know what they're doing, he but most of knows, them don't. He definitely knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, most of them are not licensed and qualified at the jobs that they have actually participated in at these properties. Shocker. Shocking. It's absolutely shocking. So, in fact, sometimes it actually is shocking. <laughs> I'm sure it is, literally. So I, I, I want to take a step back before we get too far down any rabbit trails. And we, we talked about this um, on an episode earlier, but um, talk, walk us through why someone would get a home inspection. We mentioned just a few minutes ago, if you've ever bought a house. Um, so walk us through why someone would call you to begin with. Well, there's several different prospects when you're looking at doing an inspection. Are you building a new build and are you starting from dirt? Um, We can do the pre-pour foundation inspection to make sure that, number one, they haven't filled it full of a bunch of garbage because they like to do that sometimes. Yes. um, On job site garbage. Um, That they've put it on the proper layment, that they've installed the piers correctly. Um, Many, many, many different things that happen before they actually pour the concrete. Then you have what they call a pre-drywall inspection, which is where they've put up the studs and they've gone ahead and wired it and they've plumbed it, but nothing's actually working. But you can see all of the actual physical construction of the building between the rafters, the sill plates, you know, the top plates. You can check and make sure, you know, that they've got the proper um, strike bars and things for when you've drilled within an inch of an edge of a stud and you've put in um, electrical. We're going to want to put a strike plate there so that the homeowner doesn't hang a picture when they get moved in and 
electrocute themselves. Um, Same thing with plumbing and stuff like that. So you can see all of those things. You can make sure they've done a lot of the grounding and um, see how the electrical panel is going to be put together before it's put together. Um, Just make sure everybody's doing their their jobs on the front end of this construction. And then we have what they call the uh, final inspection, which is basically right before they go in to do their final walkthrough, we come in when all of the sheetrock's been put up, all the fixtures are in place, all of the appliances are there. Um, Texas has some of the most strict requirements on home inspection and uh, things like appliances and stuff are included in Texas's inspections, save a couple like a refrigerator. Um, so we go in and we make sure that they've installed all the appliances correctly, all the safety features that go along with it, say like a range, for example, needs an anti-tip device so it doesn't get knocked over, say a little one wants to climb up on the door of the oven and get a cookie off the counter. So we just make sure that all those kinds of things have been put in place. Um, My company, we actually carry around blue tape and even cosmetic things that may not be in our report. If we know that that's going to be a walkthrough item for the client, we'll go ahead and mark it. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of saves the client and the uh, builder time when they do their final walkthrough. Um, It kind of gives them an idea of where they're at in uh, repairs as well. So there's that kind of inspection where you've got your three phases and then you have just a new build. You just, you're buying a build that's already together, but nobody's ever lived in it before. Uh, There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, Sometimes contractors are not all scheduled when they should be. So things like air conditioning, uh, the air handler will go ahead and get put into the attic space, but the roofing company doesn't get there to put the sheathing on before it rains. Mm -hmm. So all that equipment's been sitting out in the rain and it, has a lot of times it'll have rusted and things. And this is a brand new house. You know, you don't want that to happen. I've seen it with water heaters too. The plumbers there and the GC just didn't get the roofing roofer in, in time and stuff sits out in the weather and it happens. It does happen or where the roofers gotten there before those other guys, the plumber and the HVAC tech, and they have to go in and basically hack up part of the hack up part of the uh, support system, the purlins and the um, attic to put in their equipment or equipment gets damaged because they're having to put it in after the fact. Mm. Uh, So there's, you know, those kinds of things that it's a brand new house. You wouldn't expect to have to have a new water heater. I was in a brand new house over in New Caney the other day and it was like a splash pad and one of the water heaters safety pans. I mean, it just, it was already leaking and the other one was rusted. Brand new house. Nobody's ever lived in it. Most expensive house in that neighborhood actually is floor plans. Um, So they were paying a pretty penny for this house. Um, And then you have just a pre-purchased home, just like, you know, it's, I hate to say used home, but a used home. Yeah. And you just want to make sure that things have been done. Um, Things like dryer vents being cleaned out. You don't think about it, but if you're moving into a home that's already been lived in, you need to have that dryer vent cleaned and make sure it's clean because it's like the number three reason houses burn down. Um, And then just other things, you know, is everything working like it's supposed to? Has the foundation moved? Um, Is the roof in insurable condition? If you've got a VA loan, then there's going to be certain things that I'm going to need to tell you up front, like galvanized plumbing or aluminum wiring are automatically going to disqualify you for your loan Mm. so it's just kind of knowing you know what you're getting into and that's basically what we tell you the house tells the story we just write it down and the state of texas has a very specific format every inspector in the state has to use the exact same form we are required to report on the exact same items a lot of inspectors like myself and our company go way above what that standard of practice says i mean you can find the standard of practice on trex website it's trec.org and Mm -hmm. you know so you'll know what that inspector is 
supposed to do. And it also tells you what they're not required to do. Mm. So we're not required to do a lot of things people think we're required to do. So, you know, you if it's been less than 60 degrees outside for 24 hours before we do an inspection, I'm not running your air conditioner oh. because it can damage that unit. And so those kinds of things are put out in the SOP, the standard of practice to kind of give a guideline. And so real estate agents, even homeowners can go and see what an inspector is actually required to do and what they're not required to do. Um, but an inspection is just a good idea. I mean, if you, it's generally the largest person purchase a person makes in their lifetime is to buy their home, whether they buy one or five, they're still going to be the largest purchases that they buy. And it's just kind of, astounding what a home can go through Mm -hmm. and survive. It's also very astounding at what a home cannot handle. (laughs) (laughs) I I still am amazed that more people do not (laughs) die in their homes daily. (laughs) And it's usually because of just simple accidents. Like they got a new roof and the flu vent got knocked loose from the heater and they're running the heater. So carbon monoxide's coming into the attic. They don't even know it. The roofer doesn't know that they did it. The roofer is not required to go in that attic and look and see if he knocked anything loose. So things like that. If you have a roof replaced, it's a good idea to have an inspector come out and just inspect the attic space and make sure, you know, all your appliances are still connected properly and you're not making your family sick without even knowing it. So there's, so there's reasons you might need an inspection other than just buying a home. There is. Anytime you have a piece of equipment stall installed, it's always a good idea to have a third party come in and look at it because just because they say they know what they're doing doesn't mean they know what they're doing. A good example is roofing in the state of Texas. Roofers are not required to be licensed. So Craig can take his truck over to Home Depot and buy bundles of shingles and pick up a couple of day workers. And he is now a roofer. Hmm. Congratulations. Congratulations, Craig. You have a new career choice. (laughs) Um, So, you know, they're not required to be licensed. And that is one of the largest parts of your home and the most protective parts of your home Mm -hmm. is your roof. Right. It's also one of the most expensive parts of your home. So you want to make sure it was installed correctly. And I continually go out on brand new houses that the roofs are not installed correctly. Mm. And if flashings aren't installed correctly, if, um, if they put the roof on when it was too cold outside, it, it's not going to adhere properly. So the shingles are going to lift from each other. They're not going to actually stick down and they may or may not when it gets warmer outside, but the chances of them not are pretty high mm-hmm. because they were installed when it was too cold. So there's certain things that you just don't even know. How would you tell that though? If you can access the roof and don't, do this yourself, Mr. Homeowner. Not a good idea. Your your insurance policy doesn't cover it, I promise. Um, you, we just gently lift on the edges of them. And if they come up freely, okay. um, you, you can't really tug on them because, yes, you can pull them loose sure, if you're, yeah. you know, manhandling them. But you just give it a little gentle lift. And, I mean, if they're not adhered, you'll see it really easy. Um, in fact, you, there's one of my videos where you can actually see me say goodbye to a shingle as it goes skidding down the roof. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it was a brand new house. Brand new house. Um, so, you know, it's things like that. that you, If you're moving into a brand new house, you really don't expect there to be roof issues. Yeah, and that, those are the ones that actually surprise me the most that when, when people are buying brand new homes, that they, one, the bank doesn't necessarily require them to get it inspected. No. 
right? And and so but and so a lot of people because it is a brand new home think that they don't need to get it inspected. Well, another thing that people don't realize is like roofers, builders don't have to have a license to build a house either. Um, so Kevin could decide he wants to be a general contractor tomorrow and go build houses. Congratulations, you now have a career path too. Nice. Um, so it's one of those Breaking things. Breaking all over the place. It Man. cracks me up because Texas has the most strict requirements on licensing a home inspector. We're over 430-something hours. Um, and to get your professional license, it's like 200 hour code class of just sitting and reading codes and that'll make you want to lose your mind. But (laughs) (laughs) some of us have, (laughs) (laughs) but they don't, they require me to have all this extra knowledge and all these certificates. And cause I think it's like 16 full certificates before you can apply to get your license and take your test. And you have to take this like four and I think it's four hours and 45 minutes mm-hmm. for the state and the national test. Um, and it's, it's a pretty, pretty grueling little test. Um, you know, you get go on and, you basically have to tell them, you know, where your birthmarks are to get into the room <laughs> to take the test. And once you get in there, it's absolutely nerve wracking. Um, and so you, we take this test and everything. You get your licenses, you pay your insurance and you go out and you tell this builder, I did it wrong. And he's like, so I've been doing it that way for 25 years. <laughs> Well, that's great because I just earned a license to tell you you did it wrong for the last 25 25 years. years. (laughs) So congratulations. But they make us have this license. It's pretty extensive comparative to the rest of the country. In some states, you don't even have to have a license to be a home inspector. Really? Even more terrifying. Um, Where are those states? Kevin Kevin and I could go. uh, Yeah. You can go to Georgia. Take this show on the road. You can go be inspectors with my buddy Megan. All right. She's out in Georgia. She can hook you up. Megan, hit me up. Megan, I'll hit you up. So they have have these crazy requirements to get these inspection licenses, but yet half the trades that they want us to inspect aren't required to be licensed to do mm. their jobs to begin with. Mm. And some wow. that are still don't do them right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's one of the crazy things is, is how often those types of things happen, which is one of the things that we say over and over and over on this show is Make sure you vet the person that comes into your house to do anything. Make sure that you ask for their licenses. Make sure that you make sure uh, make sure that they are insured, that they're bonded, whatever they have. You know, do your due diligence and don't just bring in Joe Schmo. Well, when I write a report, if I refer you out to somebody, let's say like Craig does pest control, it's going to say because pest control in Texas does have to have a license. Yep. So it's going to say. Uh, to consult a qualified, verified licensed pest control specialist. If it's a roofer, I'm going to say qualified, verified roofer. And I've had inspectors tell me that's overkill. Well, is it? Is it really overkill to tell them that they need to not only find a qualified person, but to verify that that person is qualified? <laughs> I don't think so, given some of the stuff I've seen over the last few years. Yeah, so. and, you know, and like the the people who are in industries where you you do have to be licensed, you do have to be you know verified by the state and all these kinds. Of, most of those guys are happy for you to go and find their credentials. Oh yeah, and, if and they're good up, at their jobs and know? they actually are honest business people, they really are totally okay giving you any information yeah. that you need here. Here some references feel free to call them well because they understand the value of those but they also you know they they want you to look for those because they don't want
want you hiring the person that doesn't have those kinds of things. Not just yeah. because they want their business to succeed, because they want to protect you, the consumer, against, you know, shoddy work. So, And it, that's the thing about a home inspector. When you hire us as a buyer, we don't work for anybody but you. Mm-hmm. You're the boss. We don't work for your agent. We don't work for the seller. We don't work for the builder. We don't work for the county. We don't work for anyone but the person that is paying for the inspection. Right. That's it. That's my sole interest in this deal is to make sure the person that has hired me is taken care of and that they know exactly what they're getting into, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we'll have investors that come in and they buy pieces of property that I'm thinking, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you sure you want to do that? (laughs) And they seem to be totally fine with it. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I would do that. But that's not my job. My job is to give them the information and let them make the decision. And some of them back out and some of them buy. You know, it's just what it is but that's the thing i love about my job is i just tell the truth yeah mm. well I, I, like uh, i think a good example of that is i mean I, I think it was i think it was actually earlier this week i came across something in somebody's attic i didn't know what was going on so i sent you a picture of yeah. it and uh it was really valuable information to that homeowner it was basically a i don't know if you remember or not it was a ventilation pipe yeah it was their uh vent hood for their stove and it right. was going at a negative angle and airflow doesn't work that way when it was going into an attic attic yeah it was just like hello we're yeah. just gonna put all of the smell that you just got out of your kitchen straight into your attic so yeah. all the grease all the moisture straight into the attic yeah and like on top of insulation and it seems was, like a great idea and it was a brand new home yeah brand new so. they hadn't even hooked it up yeah. That's why you need a new home inspection right there. <laughs> yeah. There's there's an example of a I need a new home inspection right there. And they were they were baffled. Like legitimately baffled like how could this happen? Like we hired this custom home builder to build us and it was it is a gorgeous home. Um Gorgeous homes kill people too. (laughs) (laughs) They have some potential. I'm just telling you. Well, you know, but like if you were to look at it from the outside, you would kind of go, oh, there's nothing wrong with that because it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful new home. And so like your, your brain immediately goes, oh, that's brand new. Like, like, it's like looking at a new car. Like if you, you roll that new car off the lot, you expect everything on it to function properly. That's what we call living La Vie and Rose. You're living in the pink. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you've got those rose colored goggles on of oh the kitchen's so pretty right yes but does it work (laughs) (laughs) is it growing mold underneath there i'm just like you know or you know biological substances peeking out like what do we got under there Hey guys, I want to take a quick second here to introduce you to our sponsor for today's show, Paul the Plumber. He's the guy you need to call if you have any plumbing needs. Guys, you can reach out to Paul and Deborah in the office. You can hit them up at 832-521-3252. Again, that's 832-521-3252. You can reach Deborah in the office at Deborah at PaulThePlumberLLC.com. If you need to know how to spell that, it's in the show notes. You can also reach out to them at PaulThePlumberLLC.com and book an appointment online. Again, for all your plumbing needs, whether it's a backed up drain, leaky pipe, fountain in the yard's not acting right, give them a holler. All right, guys. It's hard to forget a name like Paul the Plumber. Give him a call. And now back to the show. So you you mentioned something earlier, Craig, that that banks don't necessarily require an inspection, but... Mm. Um, 
what what are the cases are there cases maybe i don't know what i'm talking about at all where it is required is it required at all i mean when the the last two homes that i bought Mm -hmm. the mortgage lender required it it depends on the mortgage lender right okay it depends on the lending financial institution or if it's a va (laughs) VA has to have an inspection and depending on how it's set up and which inspection you're doing depends on which party pays for it. It's, it can get very confusing when you start getting into the different loan types. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just really starting to learn those too, as I've got more into inspection because I'm not a real estate agent. So I don't deal with the loan process as much, but I've started getting in with a couple of loan officers and kind of learning that part of it. So I can, of course, better help my clients as well. Um, but it's like, I was telling you earlier, if I know it's a VA loan, the first thing I do is go look at the plumbing. If it's an older home, cause if it's galvanized, I already know they're not going to get financed for it. Yeah. What, it, what would be the issue with like galvanized pipe then? Galvanized pipe is, it's just old. And the problem with it is that it deteriorates from the inside. It's kind of like an artery in your heart with plaque buildup mm-hmm. and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So the blood flow in your heart gets less and less and less. Same thing with the galvanized plumbing. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller on the inside from rust And so you end up with very little water pressure Hmm. or it does the other fun thing and it gets a pinhole leak in it. They get really small, small, tiny leaks. So they'll leak for a long time before you usually know it's even leaking. Hmm. So it can create some havoc. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the home that I've sold, I've only sold one. Uh, the buyer was a VA loan and I had like $900 worth of plumbing I had to get fixed. Yep. So. <laughs> they also will not loan on aluminum wiring either. So mm. if it's got aluminum branch wire, they're not going to loan on that. Service entrance, fine, but branch wiring, they're not going to loan on it. It's just known to have problems. Well, so that that's one of the things I actually kind of love about VA loans. I mean, I know that some people look at VA loans and go, oh my gosh, the buyer is a VA loan. This is going to be a hassle, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm so very thankful that there are people out there taking care of those veterans. I was going to say, I love VA loans I mean, because I know it's, I already know that I'm doing an inspection for a veteran as soon as I find out that it's a VA yeah, loan. And, and, and we do discounts for veterans anyway, but I, I, I don't mind VA yeah. loans. I know what they require of me and I actually take pride in doing them because I know that this is somebody that served our country. And that I get to do the things I get to do every single day because they did serve our country. Yeah, so. and, and you know, without a doubt, that whenever you sell your home, that the person buying it is buying a home that's that's in good shape. And, and you know, I, I think that there's something to be said about that. So, uh, But the other thing um, that, that I think is really important through all this is it really puts you in the driver's seat. It does. As a buyer. And it also, you know, you may be able to afford the monthly mortgage payment, but can you afford the to live in the house? You, you know immediately these are the things that have to be fixed. Or um, are on their way to needing to be fixed. Right. You know, we we actually, when we bought the first home that we, that we bought, there were a number of things that came back on the, on the inspection. Um, I remember looking through them at one point. And going, none of those are life-threatening, horrible, 
things. That's why we get called deal killers. The, <laughs> sure. the dreaded the dreaded term of a deal killer. Sure. I am not a deal killer. I am a truth teller. <laughs> the house kills the deal, not me. Okay? Right. I'm just writing down what the house was saying. But somebody needs to. Yes. Because so what's the what's really interesting is about year 7 into owning that home, I came across the inspection. <laughs> And I went, but things huh. seemed a little bit more important. I wonder what well, I was like, I wonder what the inspection said. There was only one thing out of the entire inspection that I had not fixed. And it made me very prideful in the moment. Right. And go, maybe I do know how to own a home. Right. I am a good homeowner. <laughs> and it wasn't because I had gone down the inspection list and gone, okay, all right, babe, now we got to fix this. Next month, we got to fix that. Right. It was just stuff just that along stuff that the way, I was like, listen, that's not working well, or that's not the way it should be. And and I had gone down the list, and that, and that was a good thing. But Well, and that's another option, too, is for somebody that's selling their house. Like, let's say that you're ready to sell it. You can do what they call a pre-listing inspection. So I can come out and actually tell you what's going on with your house before you put it on the market. And that way you can decide, yes, I'm going to fix these items up front. And I'm going to keep the price at this, or I'm going to reduce the price and tell them, no, I'm not going to fix that. It's an as is item. So you're a little bit more prepared when you're going into the transaction in that you already know what you're going to fix. You already know what you're not going to fix. You can go ahead and have the AC service, have that guy come out, you know, simple things that you can do, change your air filters, you know, stuff that you know is going to be an issue on an inspection report. You can kind of combat it from the front end. Um, and, and it's kind of a personal choice if you want to do that. I think Craig and I are actually going out to do one tomorrow together. Yeah. That's a, it's a pre-listing inspection and that's what they want to do. They want to go ahead and find out up front what's going on so they can decide now, yes, I'm going to fix that or no, that's going to be an as is item. And it kind of makes it easy um, when you go in, uh, a lot of buyers will decide, well, it's already been pre-inspected, so they don't do an inspection, which I don't necessarily advise either. Um, I think you should always, as a buyer, get an, your own independent inspection. Um, and But you already know a little bit more about the financial aspect of it and that, yes, I'm going to pay for that. No, I'm not. So then the buyer already knows, okay, well, they're not going to buy a new AC system and the AC system 17 years old. So I'm going to have to kind of consider that. Yeah. So it's one of those kind of things too. Now the, just the flip side of a seller's or inspection or pre-listing inspection is that now becomes a documented issue. Mm -hmm. So it has to go on your seller's disclosure. So that's where a lot of realtors kind of step back. But at the same time, if the buyer has it inspected, it's going to be noted anyway. So it's going to come up. Yeah. It's more than likely going to come up. If you've got an issue with your house, there's an issue with your house. There's an issue. It doesn't just fix itself. No. <laughs> as much as we would all like for that to happen. And right. spray foam doesn't fix it either. <laughs> uh, well, gap sealant. <laughs> Although, I will tell you, this is a crazy story. I So, my truck is old. And the other day, a check engine light came on for the catalytic converter. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. Just pull a little electrical tape right over that, Yeah, no, this is probably not going to work. <laughs> and about three weeks later, the check engine light went off. Nice. Whatever was there unclogged itself. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Brilliant. I guess something, you know, 
dislodged. <laughs> All I know is that life was in my favor in that moment. Winning. The, the likelihood of that happening, though, is like slim to none, right? That's okay. I saw a really good one one time, though. I was in an old insel brick house, which is like you could order, you used to be able to order uh, kit houses from like Sears, mm. and they would deliver them on site. Oh, yeah. Build them, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Even the fence came with it, like the old cyclone fence with the little cocker spaniel dogs on the gate. Remember mm. those? You know, Amazon's actually doing some of this now, too. Uh, why does that not surprise me? <laughs> no, they have like they have those where you can like they're, they're Just, not big. They're, but like yeah, they're not. They're never. They were never very large homes. They you know they were small three bedroom homes. I was in this one and it was over off West Hardy and I kid you not. You know the flex seal stuff that you see the guy with the bottom of the boat as like a screen door that he put in it. Yep. And he like sprayed. Well, they have a tape version of that uh-huh. now. That's yeah. you know on a roll. Yeah. They had a leak in one of the front bedrooms, so they just went around the baseboards with the flex seal. <laughs> around the baseboards. Yes. <laughs> it was all flex sealed. Oh, my goodness. They didn't flex seal the pipe. No. Which oh, might that's have not why. that's not why it was leaking. It was because they're over off West Hardy, and it had flooded. Oh, my goodness. And their, their grade on the outside of the house was too high. The dirt was too high against the slab, so it was just coming up over the edge of the slab. So you need to flex seal the dirt to the house. The, the flex seal would have been a little bit more ideal on the exterior, but that's not where they put it. So, I, you got to admit, that's pretty... I think every guy listening to this show right now wants to know, did it work? <laughs> did the flex seal hold? Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, because sheetrock is porous. Oh. And it just wicks up the wall oh. instead of coming in on the carpet. It's like, is that wallpaper? No, we call that flex seal. <laughs> That's flex seal. That's it's flex just seal. layers and layers and layers of flex seal the higher it goes. We're just going to keep going. I did see a, um, let's, how do we put this, um, air quotes, decorative element in one house that they had used tongue depressors to make octagons on the wall to make it look like a beehive. <laughs> they had glued oh. tongue depressors on the wall. Oh. Did they, did they uh, square them off or they leave the rounded oh, edges? Oh, rounded edges. Okay. Rounded edges. Oh. Well, it, it lazy crafters. Lazy crafting. Lazy crafting. <laughs> you know, I, I, to each his own. Sure. That is definitely a very true statement when you're walking into people's homes. Oh, I bet. I bet you see all kinds of stuff. I see all kinds of stuff. Hmm. I think one of my favorites, and my mother actually ended up naming the photo for me. She calls it, she's got legs, but that ain't how you use them. Oh. So I was in a house and the dryer vent, for some reason, was venting inside the laundry room. (laughs) So to keep the dust from going everywhere, they had taped a pair of ladies pantyhose to the end of the dryer vent. (laughs) And it had filled up so much with lint, it literally had legs. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It literally had legs. I was like, I just can't. <sighs> okay, so so speaking of dryer lint, um, growing up, I did a lot of camping. I oh, did a it's lot of, great! For I did camping. a lot of backpacking, and the absolute best fire starter in the world is dryer lint. I would ask my mom to save the dryer lint so that I could. Do you want me to tell you how fires. to improve on that? 
Broken crayons, Mm. a cardboard egg carton. Mm -hmm. You put your dryer lint in there and kind of get you a little wick twisted up. You put it in your little egg cartons and then you melt broken crayons Mm. and pour it down in the little egg carton, let it dry. And then you've got a little wick of lint and then you've got that wax little feet and and the cardboard from the egg carton. You can cut them up into 12 little fire starters. Nice. They work great too. Wow. It's kind of like its own little container and everything. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. But the the, the problem... <laughs> I was a Cub Scout leader. Is that, <laughs> there you go. The problem is that that dryer lint is highly flammable. flammable. <laughs> it's like the number three reason houses burn down. Uh, Do you know the number one and number two? I'm curious. Well, electrical is usually high up there. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. It, it's usually somebody's done something stupid with the electrical or it's, you know, aluminum wiring or something like that. And I think number two was like lightning strikes or something. Okay. Because we do have a lot of lightning in the United States. You'd be amazed at the amount of lightning. I've and been hit twice. I have an inspector buddy that's been hit twice. I call him what? Thor. Yeah. We had that a... That explains so much. <laughs> What's weirder is his family... Like, members of his family's been hit, too. Yeah. I'm like, like, yeah. So I call him Thor. His name's Troy, but I call him Thor. Wow. Yeah, we, it was. It ended up being a uh, over fifteen thousand dollar claim on our insurance. Wow. And when you got struck by lightning? Yeah. Because it didn't. It didn't catch anything on fire, but it. I mean, like it cooked everything in the house. Yeah. It wow. will. Yeah, like that. Which is why it's so important for your home to be grounded, mm-hmm. which a home inspector will tell you. Yeah. And after the second time, the insurance company offered to put in a lightning rod. Yeah. That's a grounding rod that's supposed to be installed on all homes. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think we have a grounding rod, but they were offering to put like a a, full blown lightning rod on top. Yeah. I can see that. We we have a lot of those. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. We have a lot of those. We call them trees. Yeah. (laughs) If you've been out to the property, you would think that we'd be fine with our, you know, 200 foot pine trees that we have. Yeah. And they actually attract lightning, it (laughs) seems. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't like lightning. (laughs) No. So, I like it over there. Yeah, I want to watch it. I like it watching it over there. That's true. <laughs> it can be very beautiful. National Geographic has some beautiful lightning. <laughs> yes. If I could watch it or, or somewhere else. Yeah. You can stream so, it on your bridged modem or whatever it was you were talking about. <laughs> See, I caught some she, of it. She picked up some lingo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll sound um, like a smart tech person mm-hmm. tomorrow. So, so Don't what? tell my home inspection software company that, though. I... I Oh, they know. They they do. Unfortunately, <laughs> the customer know service knows how bad it is. She actually asked me what machine I was on the other day. I'm like, I don't understand. She goes, "What's your computer?" I was like, "A laptop." <laughs> it's got a keyboard. She's like, "Didn't right. they all know me?" So they they're all on my Facebook. So they're like, "Didn't you just buy this?" I'm like, "Yeah." So you should know what it is, right? Because I posted it. <laughs> it's like it's like you call in and everybody's like, "Hey, hurry, get on, get on the line, switch <laughs> they over to probably her." Probably do too. They I can hear them go. It's Ricky from Texas. They're like, "What's up, unicorn?" <laughs> like, hey guys. <laughs> all right. So I'm curious. What's something about a home inspection that you wish other people knew that most people don't? I guess I just wish they knew exactly what we did. Mm. I think that people think that we just go and look at stuff. And that's not exactly what happens. We're climbing underneath sinks and we're in the attic and on the roof. And, you know, if you've got a crawl space, we're suiting up. And, you know, to go in an attic or in a crawl space, you have to put on 
full protection equipment. It's PPE. Craig knows about it doing yep. pest control. So you have to have a certain type of breather, which I'm really, really upset with the coronavirus right now because I need new cartridges for my mask to do my everyday job. And it's a four month lead time. Yeah. So, um, not not because of the coronavirus. Yes, because of the no, coronavirus. No, because of They're crazy people yes, who because are people fearful are upset of the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. <laughs> who hasn't killed near as many people as the regular flu. Yeah. And has been around long enough that it's actually already on some cleaning products labels. Yeah. So how is this new? It's on. I think it's actually on the label for Lysol. And Clorox. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Now, now, there have been... Okay, we're going to get down a rabbit hole, but there have been other... This, this isn't the first time that something labeled oh, yeah, the coronavirus. That, there's different strains. Right. Well, that's the same thing with in, the flu. Yeah. There's influenza. There's a, different B, strains. C, D. Yeah. Like, there's thousands of strains of flu. Bird flu. Absolutely. Swine flu. Mad cow disease. Who knows? We've survived all of those, so... Yes. I'm betting there's a lot more on our side what, than that side. But just just because I'm curious, where do you get your respirator um, I actually use a Cool Flow. A 3M Cool Flow, and I usually just pick them up at Home Depot or Lowe's. Okay. Um, at this point, I can't even buy a whole mask to get them because <laughs> they don't have them, um, which is really upsetting because honestly, people in our kinds of jobs, like you doing pest control, me doing home inspection, yeah. um, and people that like are immunocompromised, like cancer patients, they need this equipment, and people are hoarding this equipment for reasons that are not necessarily justified yeah. so it's oh you mean like the person that i saw driving down the road the other day in his own vehicle with the respirator on yeah oh that guy or the lady that was in the atlanta airport in full ppe and her high heel boots <laughs> mm. i was dying I, I did share that one i had to so re remind me after the show i've got a couple places you can probably go to get some yeah i just well my husband works for a supplier i mean he works for an electrical supplier and they can't even get them and they order mm -hmm. from 3m like every three days right and they uh, can't craig has them. a back stock yeah are you a hoarder craig are you hoarding them uh not not those i should have <laughs> you could make a lot of money but yeah, yeah so you know doing crawl spaces and stuff we see that we do a lot more than people actually think we do and it's kind of amazing to me that i'll talk to agents and stuff they're like you go in the attic i'm like what kind of inspector have you been using we're kind of required to do that man <laughs> and if we've got a certain sized opening we're required to go in there yeah um, yeah, so I, I think that that part of that plays into the question that I'm sure you get often, which is like, wait, it's going to cost me how much? I don't do estimates. That is the greatest part about my job. <laughs> <laughs> the state of Texas says you can't do that. And you also can't work on a property that you've inspected for 12 months after you've inspected it. Mm. So it kind of gets me out of a little bit of those conversations. I can kind of give estimates or ballparks, but I don't do really like I don't do written estimates the cool thing about my software is and when we do get it online we don't have it online right now but when we do get it up and running from home gauge which is the software that i use and we have the online side of the service they actually can make their own uh, request list for repairs and it kind of does estimates for them but oh, okay. i don't do yeah that. but i kind of stay out of no that. but not not the estimates of what it costs to repair the things that you're telling them they need to repair but just the cost of the inspection because yeah. i think a lot of people Look at it and go, okay, it's what, 350, how much? We start at 350 for 2,000 square feet or less, but we, do, we don't do pest control. We let that, I have this thing about ancillary services and inspectors. Unless you're super, uber, duper qualified to do it, just don't. 
Um, I prefer to refer professionals like Craig for pest control. Yes, I can go get a pest control license and I can do a pest control inspection, but I'm only limited to what that small amount of education was. I don't have in the field education, which an inspection of any kind is crucial is being in the field and actually seeing it. Cause there's a lot of different types of, let's say termites, even though in a, in inspection world, I cannot say that world. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to say wood destroying insect, but <laughs> in, in just, you know, talking terms, there's at least three different kinds of termites that I know about in Texas. Oh, they have more. the, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that's just the ones I know about the Formosa, the dry wood and the, the uh, subterranean. subterranean and the subterranean are the most easily the most spotted. Yeah. They're most common. And down in the Heights, they're having fits with them right now. Cause they're going down and tearing all those old houses down and building what I call, I call them alleyways. It's like a, just a straight shot and they'll build like four townhomes on each side of this alleyway. They're like three stories high. Well, they're not treating the ground that they tore those old houses down on. So these brand new (laughs) builds down in that area are having termites already. Yep. I had one the other day. The house isn't even four years old and was full of termites. It was a wood destroying insect on my report. It doesn't help that they're like tearing down old houses that were full of termites That's already. It. That's exactly what's and, happening yeah. is that the old houses were already full of them, but they're not treating the ground that they were sitting on. Yeah, but I think the the thing that is so good, though, that I'm, I, I'm hoping people that are trying to f- learn more about home inspections and listening to this episode understand is the amount of work that is put into this. It's massive. The fact that you're a professional coming in, this you're not just, you know, unlicensed someone that that, you know, brought a, a vehicle onto my property that says, you know, Joe's inspection yeah. um service. Uh, you you know you know what you're doing. It I mean, it takes you hours to do an inspection. It does. We're looking at normally a two thousand square foot house or less, you're two and a half to three hours minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't really realize how much time you actually spend on site. And there are people that'll complain about your inspection costs, but this is the thing. How much is your agent making? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not even making one percent. Right. And they're making three percent. And then of you the gotta go back sale. and put the report and together. The report. And most of the report, I luckily, the way I choose to do it, I write most of my report on site. I do not deliver on site unless you want to pay me a good amount of money to do it. <laughs> um, I like because a lot of homes in Houston have a lot of different equipment. You're never going to know all the equipment. You're never going to know all of the specifications. And sometimes you got to go look stuff up. And so, and sometimes you just need to take your brain and sit and think about a condition for a minute. Like what could possibly be causing this to do this? So I don't really do on site reporting, but we do 24 hour reporting, but I have a companion device on my cell phone that I actually use an app and I write a good portion of my report on that app and it is very convenient. It still takes time. And what people don't understand is I've put thousand or so hours into writing the template that is using on your inspection to write your inspection. So I've had to build that entire library of comments myself and i've added you know different things from like code check has great diagrams to explain some conditions and so i'll have a little picture that's in there all that stuff has taken time and an inspector doesn't just go out and inspect houses they have to get to where they can inspect houses and just the knowledge that goes into it um in fact at christmas time i was uh, twisted my ankle pretty good coming off of a roof and was had some downtime and even though i'm a professionally certified inspector in the state of Texas and it's 
one of the hardest requirements or licenses to get, there's a company called Nachi and I've joined them and it's the national association of certified home inspectors. And once you join, you're an inter Nachi and you actually can do their, what they call the certified professional inspector. And so for states that don't have any licensing, you can use that as a, as a certification. Okay. Um, you can use it as certification in any state because it's, it's pretty much accepted everywhere. Although Texas says, no, you have to have an actual license from Texas. Yeah. Uh, and some states do, they're like, no, that's not going to completely work, but um, it's about 70 hours. And so I just sat down and did it in about 12 days just sitting down just learning constantly learning and even though I knew a lot of the information there's stuff I didn't know and a lot of things that I could pick up and I can alter my comments to make more sense to the person who's reading them made a little bit more of an understandable condition and also relate it to the trade that's going to be reading it too mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing our jobs that people just don't consider but and I'll have people go oh my gosh I didn't know that I can't believe I didn't know that well that's not your job to know that that's my job to know it I don't know how to do brain surgery I didn't go to school to be a brain surgeon if I was standing in there I wouldn't know what to do either (laughs) so you don't need to know how to do my job just allow me to do my job to mm-hmm. help you out. And it's probably worth three fifty. It, it's that, easily. That's my point. Yeah. A minimum, <laughs> a minimum of three fifty. But yeah, it, it is. It is worth it. And you know, there's just certain things that you just don't know. It's like being in Sugarland. My favorite question is, is my foundation okay? It is now. Mm. And they always, well, what do you mean? Well, you're in Sugarland. Yeah. You've going to have to monitor your home. You can't just live in it. You got to watch it. And they always ask me, well, why? <laughs> It's Sugarland. They have Imperial Sugar here, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, why do you think the sugar company chose here? Oh, you can grow sugar cane. Exactly. Yep. What does it take to grow sugar cane? A boatload of water. Yep. So it's a high water table there. And most of Houston, we're anywhere from 26 to 13 feet, I think, below sea level. It's just a big old so wet it's just pile. A, it's, it is. I mean, we're not quite as bad as New Orleans. We're right. in a bowl, but we're not far from it. Have you have you seen these? Um, and I'm asking because I'm curious whether or not it, it would come up in your inspection. The Aqualift systems for foundations. Have you seen these? Uh, we... Yes, and I've seen the hydro jacks, and there's a lot of different ways that they can do foundation repairs. And that's usually when I tell them they need a structural engineer. Mm -hmm. I would prefer you to go ahead and if you have questions about your foundation to get a structural engineer out because they're not there to sell you a repair. Right. They're there to tell you what's wrong with your foundation and how to fix it. Mm -hmm. But they're not there to tell you, to sell you that repair. So you know that you're getting just... Exactly what I would do is, which is an opinion about how it's performing. Right. And they're going to be able to tell you the actual specifics of it. Because if you fire a foundation company, yes, they may be able to tell you that, but they want to repair it. Yeah. So. Let us fix it for this amount of money. Yes. And that can get really expensive. Yeah. Foundation really really expensive. I know I asked because I mean, like that's, I mean, I've seen that on a few houses uh, over off 290. Um and it, to me, it's like, okay, does that mean that it's had foundation issues or is this person just being, you know, proactive? Usually it means it's had foundation you know? issues. And there's usually a really good way you can tell if they've got any exterior concrete, you'll see big hunks mm. cut out and repaired. And that usually means that they've put a pier in there. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can't tell because they'll go in and they'll remove all the flooring in the house. They'll put the piers in the interior of the house. They put flooring back down and we don't know. Right. Can't see it. So unless it's been disclosed or they're, you know, just really super honest, 
we may not know. Mm. And that's one thing about an inspection that people need to realize too. We're not mind readers and we don't have crystal balls. We can't predict what's going to happen and we can't tell you what has happened. We can only tell you what we see that day. Mm. So that's, that's a whole nother situation that, you know, we're, we try our best to do everything we can to tell you everything that we can, but it, it's still, you know, a human being in a house. Yeah. And some of those houses are more overwhelming than others. I have one on Avenue I. Avenue I almost broke me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Avenue I was, I, I was, I was cursing my boss for. I'm still cursing him, and that was two years ago. Um, <laughs> Avenue I haunts me. It does. Uh, it was one of those old houses down on the third ward that has been converted. And it was a single-family home with a carriage house at the back, a uh-huh. two-story carriage house. Well, they took the carriage house and made it into four. Um, like little apartments. We'll call or, them apartments. Yeah. And then they split the house down the middle and made basically a duplex out of it. And they're just, they're they're hun- almost 100 years old. You know, they're just, oh, Avenue I. if you ever get the chance and i'm sponsoring an event come up and watch my uh my screen with all the different defects that i show on a powerpoint and there's probably about 30 of those are from avenue i Mm, avenue i was it was it was a beast and it what it was really funny is i end up getting a call to go down off sherman avenue which isn't far from there either and the guy meets me that day. And a lot of times the clients don't meet me. A lot of times I'm there by myself. And so he meets me that day. And um, I was like, your name looks familiar. He goes, yeah. He goes, you actually saved me from buying a house. I went off Avenue I at the same time he said it. And it was, it was the, it had been the buyer who originally was going to buy Avenue I and they, that house on Avenue I. And he's like, you said, you have no idea fan. how much money you saved me. I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what I'll tell a real estate agent. Um, if I say the term D9, you need a D9 caterpillar in here and just dose it over. <laughs> but that's my gentle way to tell the agent, this is really bad yeah. without freaking the client out. You know, I'm like, this is this is D9. You know, just, <laughs> just bring a dozer in, take it down at the slab and let's start over. <laughs> and there have been some that I wonder why people don't do it too. Yeah. Uh, I have I do have a deal breaker though. If I find bed bugs, Ricky is done. Oh, I, I am so terrified of bed bugs. People are like, Oh, are you afraid of snakes and stuff underneath the house? Nope. You're not? Nope. I know the four venomous snakes in our area. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that. Um I, I spiders don't really bug me. I carry peppermint oil. They don't like it. Spray a little peppermint oil. Yeah. They go running. Um, we carry snaps, you know, those little things you throw on the ground. They're like fireworks. You mm-hmm. throw a couple of those in the house. Stuff will go running. That, that yeah. doesn't bother me. Bed bugs terrify the ever living mess out of me. They should. I, they do. They're nasty. Well, and they're so hard to get rid yeah, of. They're worse that's, than like, that's why I say they're nasty. Yeah. STD you get, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, just, oh, I've been in one house and I saw the container. And I'm like, and of course it's like Home Depot. What is it? We be gone brand yeah. of bed Ortho. bug spray. Yeah. That's not gonna work. No. Um, you can't kill them with chemical. It's heat. 
Yep, that's the and honestly that's the only effective method. way is heat. And just throw everything away too. Well, I had a girlfriend that that Even happened to, and <laughs> their son was like thirteen at the time it happened, and they had to move everything out of the house, yeah. like all their pictures and all that stuff. And so they tent this house, they heat it up, it was like one hundred and eighty degrees or yeah. something crazy. Like it's really hot. I, I think I think you have to heat it to a minimum of one hundred and sixty. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. It has to stay there for a certain amount of time. She said when they got back in their house, they found so many melted crayons. <laughs> Yes. From when their kid was little, that they hadn't even considered might be in the house. She's like, we had to replace the carpet in one room because we didn't realize. It just that underneath everything. that piece of furniture, yep. there had been all these broken pieces of crayons. All the crayons left in the couch cushions. So, yeah. yeah. So there's like oh fallout from bed bugs that you don't expect. <laughs> so, but I mean, that, I mean, honestly, that's why these these companies make so much money doing it because it's such a pain. I would make a lot of money doing that too. I don't want to go in there. Just oh, start. It, it's like when you find out that a kid in your kid's class had lice. You know, your head starts itching. You know, you're like. Not okay, no, just, <laughs> it's oh. the beard. The, the beard. beard. The beard starts itching. <laughs> I'll would, shave it. That too. would be the worst, right there, right? Yeah. Bugs yeah. on your face. Ugh. Oh my god. Yeah. No. I'll shave this mm-hmm. thing off, man. Oh, my husband's is down like to his chest. I would die if he had to shave it off. Yeah. That would just be that. Yeah. Mm. I'd do it, man. Well, so, so we have. I mean. It, it, People listen to this show, not just in Texas. I mean, like we're we're pretty much in every state now. Oh, that's awesome. So like a lot of people listen to this. I mean, like, they may not have access to you. Like, or to get to Rick, Ricky to come out and get it inspected. So, what, what Oh, are, just call me. I know somebody in just about every state. <laughs> what I was going to say, how do they find a good one? In, in you know, um, what, A lot what, of times you can go, uh, we talked about InterNACHI. Um, if they're certified through InterNACHI, you can go to NACHI's website and they'll give you a list of qualified inspectors. I'm listed on there. Um, if your state requires licensing, you can go to the state website most often. Um, ours is actually the Texas Real Estate Commission. So it's TREC.org uh, or .gov. I'm sorry, .gov. And and you can look up an inspector or you can look for an inspector in your area. Um, a lot of people Google search, which sometimes that's going to work for you. Sure. Um, but a lot of times you can just get in touch with me and I will find you somebody. I mean, I pretty much know inspectors across the country at this point. If I they if I don't know somebody, I know somebody that knows. Yeah. I, I got a guy who's got a guy. Um, or <laughs> well, a girl. You, I got I got some girls that got some girls too. So you, you were telling us before the show, I mean, you have these networks of inspectors. We that actually you, do. We have a lot of Facebook pages that we're all a part of. Um, my favorite one happens to be mine and my uh, my best friend, and she happens to be an inspector too, uh, Megan Riley Wilson out in Georgia. Uh, we have a page called the Unicorn Squad. Mm-hmm. And we've we keep it very limited it's not just open to just anybody it's limited to home inspectors and some professionals like uh, pest control or air conditioning and it's so that inspectors can actually go in and ask questions okay and get professional advice from other inspectors or our perspective on how to handle a client in a certain situation there's a lot of us that were like okay we got a client doing this like what do we do now mm-hmm. this lady's a little nuttier than I thought she was going to be. <laughs> How do I do this without, you know, opening myself up to more liability? Yeah. So we have inspector networks like that and we've just kind of all become buddies and the unicorn squad actually is, it's right at, I think about 198 ish, like not quite 200 and everybody in there, we just know we can all ask each other anything we need. A lot of us communicate in messenger, you know, mm. privately about, you know, just, Hey, how are your kids doing? And, you know, well, how was your inspection today? You know, we all check on each other and 
It's actually helped. We actually had an inspector that was suicidal at one point that we all were able to kind of, you know, talk to him and be like, it's going to be okay, buddy. We all got you. You know, we're not all where you're at in the state you're in, but you got us. We're here. And um, Megan actually went through something pretty traumatic this past summer, and we were able to raise funds to get her through some pretty bad times and Mm. get her safe. And so, you know, we just kind of become this little family of inspectors, and we're literally, I've got inspectors from from Canada, Australia. Um, I don't think there's a state, maybe Idaho, that I don't know an inspector in mm. um, or know an inspector that knows an inspector in that right. place. So I can pretty much get you to anybody that you need um, locally. Uh, my inspector buddies and I, we have kind of a phrase that we don't compete, we complete. If we can't get to you if we're booked or we don't do that service, we will refer you to another inspector that we know that is good. I would rather give the business to an inspector I know is a good inspector than have you out there just searching on your own. So if I can't do it or I don't perform that service, for instance, I am certified in septic, but I don't do septic. I just don't do septic. (laughs) Ricky has a thing with poo. Um, I raised my babies. I don't do poo anymore. Um, so, you know, there's certain things like swimming pool. I don't do swimming pools. Um, pest control. Don't do pest control. So I'd rather you ask me and let me get you a professional that can help you. And if it's not me as the actual inspector on the home, that's okay with me. Yeah. Like if you'd rather hire somebody that does all those services together, I can still tell you that person and a person that you can trust to do all that stuff. That's okay with me. I would rather you have a good inspector than to just be out searching on your own. Um, it's okay if you don't use me, but let me know and I'll find you the right person to get to. I mean, there's so many of us. I mean, there's so many of us in this area that are really good. Alan yeah. Cunningham and Michael Hamill and Brennan Cormier, while um, Esmer and Matthew Mulvaney and Leslie Brush. And I mean, there's just a ton of um, Al. Heroes. I mean, there's a lot of talented inspectors that know what they're doing and that I would trust with my home. So if I can't either fit you into my schedule or I can't get to that service, mm-hmm. you know, between me and the three guys that I have, um, V-Tran and uh, Tony No, you know, the three of us, if we can't get to you, I would rather you call me and I will find you somebody. I would rather get you a qualified person than you just be out searching on your own and hope you get somebody that's yeah. qualified. So like with, with like the septic system and the the swimming pool and I forget the other one that you mentioned the wells um, I don't do wells don't do wells so like are, are those things that you can't inspect or you can but you you prefer to have somebody else that has I more like a specialty qualified to do that, those? That, that that's what I wanted to um know. they're not in my comfort zone because <clears throat> they're not things I deal with on a regular basis right I am qualified I can inspect them but uh, let's say swimming pools for instance we just talked about water tables in Houston in-ground swimming pool with a high water table and the types of soil that we have over time, it's going to have issues that you may just not see. A home inspector is more a visual and we inspect the equipment. The equipment's more what we're there for. Make sure it's grounded, it's wired properly, it's functioning properly, backflows, whatever. But that gunite in that ground, if it's been there since the 80s, (laughs) or the 90s even, it may be showing signs that a normal everyday home inspector doesn't really see because they're they're a visual inspector, not a full-blown professional inspector of a swimming pool. Like I have a guy I use, his name's Earl. Earl does all my pools. I love Earl. Earl's great. 
but I've been at pools where I was like, eh, it doesn't look too bad. Little coping issues on the outside. That little thing that swims around in there has made a little mark on that side. Man, that doesn't look that bad. Earl gets there and he's like, this pool needs to be re And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is why I don't do pools. <laughs> but when they actually got the water drained out of that pool, it had four huge cracks that you just could not see because the water was bouncing that day and the sun was reflecting off of it. And so that to me is something I'd rather refer to a professional that that's what they do all day, every day, right. kind of like pest control. We've talked about that too. Yeah. I'd rather refer to somebody that that's what they do all day, every day. I'll inspect the home and let the professionals do the professional jobs. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think of like weird things that I've seen in homes that would like probably need, like I was thinking like there's, there's several homes I've been in that have like elevators. Yeah. You know, have you ever, have you ever had to like um, I haven't had an elevator house yet, but that's another system that I would refer out to a professional. Right. But I refer all chimneys out to a professional. Mm. I don't like gas fireplaces anymore. I lost my eyebrows twice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started doing this, because six feet away is the requirement for your gas shut off. Right. Well, you have to turn it on, too. I'm short. <laughs> like my whole body's not even six feet. So to go over six feet, turn it on, and then to get back to this gas burner that's pouring gas out of it yeah. within six feet. Yeah, I just don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, so I automatically tell you I don't like f gas fireplaces, and I'm not starting a log fire either. So I, I do do visual inspections of them, but I almost always refer them out to professional mm. because that's another place that can easily be set on fire. Yeah. And a lot of people don't use fireplaces here. Mm -hmm. I've been in houses from the 90s. You can clearly tell it has never been turned on. It's never gotten below 40 degrees here, so. Not usually, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, people. But And if it does, it usually swings it in one day. We're yeah. going to go 40 degrees one direction or 40 degrees the other direction, <laughs> um, which is, makes inspecting fun because it's trying to hard to explain to people. It was 73 days ago for three days in a row, so I could test air conditioners that day. Well, <laughs> Well, that's not exactly what happened the night before your inspection. But so. Texas. But Texas. I say it's weather by Sybil. She's got to get her meds straight. <laughs> she can't figure it out. Bless her heart. That's good. Well, um, what have we not talked about that you that you would like to talk about? Anything? Or have we just about covered it all? I think we just about covered it. You know, I mean, okay. it's really just knowing what you're getting into. I mean, like if you're going to have surgery, you're going to ask the doctor his credentials and you're going to want to know that he's qualified to do it. So you definitely want to check your inspector out, make sure they're qualified to do their job and what you're asking them to do. But really just it seems like such a small thing. And it seems like an expense that you really just don't have when you're putting all this money out for your, you know, your option fees and your all of this other stuff. But really, in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small portion of money to the information that you're going to be given about this house. And again, you may be able to afford the house, but can you afford to live in it? Right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, in that case, we just have one more thing we have to do before we let you go. Oh, the the final four. The final four. <laughs> That's right. So we'll just jump into them. You already know what the questions are. So yeah, obviously, y'all gave me a heads up. Thank God. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> What's a must-have tool that you won't leave your house without? Um, my cell phone. Hmm. I have to have my phone. It gets me to my inspections. From my inspections, I can text the office and say, "Hey, um, 
the police may be showing up because you didn't give me an alarm code. <laughs> so just know that that call may be coming in from the seller. Um, and I write my reports on it. And most of my report is written on my cell phone. I mean, it really is a flashlight, screwdriver, your typical, you know, to open electrical panels and stuff like that. But really and truly it's that phone because hmm. I have that app that writes most of that report and that's my lifeline. Yeah. And I drive about 40,000 miles a year. So Waze is, is genius yes. Yes. and don't test her don't think you can do it faster you can't <laughs> <laughs> I've well, tried ch- chalk it up to another uh, check mark in the phone category on this question yeah, yeah. technology have you, have you tried all the different voices on ways um, I had it on Mr. T for a while yes. <laughs> I have to admit that was my favorite one but turn right sucker turn right sucker turn right sucker when you're going through a neighborhood kind of is a little nerving um, does he ever tell you to treat your mama right uh, I don't think he said that one but it, it was it was pretty awesome though I, I do have to admit I did I, I tried the English lady and she got on my nerves um, so I just went back to the regular one but yeah the, the Mr. T one was probably my favorite that was pretty sweet <laughs> but is I'm, it, I'm a kid your favorite from the internet 80s video though, Kev? So. Uh, I, have you have you seen it yes okay have, yes. have you seen it Ricky which one is it the treat your mama right his I mean like he he had a uh, a song that he came out with. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's the I music, love it. But see, the I used to video. eat Mr. T cereal for breakfast. Yes. <laughs> remember Mr. T cereal? I do remember Mr. T cereal. Remember C3PO cereal? Oh, I remember C3PO cereal. Yeah, that was good stuff. But my cereal game was not strong when I was a kid. Oh, mm. I lived on that. Kind of had a hippie was... mama that uh, made me eat weird stuff for breakfast. <laughs> oh, did you have to have wheatgrass for breakfast? Uh, a lot of chlorophyll. Ah. I... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's different than chloroform. Different than chloroform. That, thank, that, there's a, yeah. there's a difference between what she gave me and what I actually deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I was you, a cereal baby. I feel baby. like you My got what you deserved quite a bit. Parents, so I was a cereal I know your baby. Mama. <laughs> I love All right. my cereal. Second question. What's a job you've walked away from? Uh, personally or like as an inspection? Um, yep. Dealer's okay, choice. So <laughs> I was a floral designer for a while and um, Pinterest came out. <laughs> and uh, people didn't understand this one fundamental thing about Pinterest is it doesn't have price tags. Yeah. So they would come in and want these very much champagne caviar dreams and they had a moon pie and RC cola budget. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> that, and I think my favorite was arguing over a shade of white. Mm. I'm like, it's a rose. She's like, yes, but it's not white enough. I'm like, I didn't make it, man. <laughs> I just am putting it in a bouquet. <laughs> well, I need one that's whiter. I'm like. You get to talk to God about that. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> there's a creator, I'm sure. And um, I'm not it. <laughs> so um short of getting you silk flowers this is what we're stuck with yeah. so I, I was pretty fed up with that industry just because it just kind of got a little crazy bridezilla is a real show for a reason <laughs> uh, so a uh, home inspection though i've walked away from a couple 
Um, one recently, it sounded like someone was actually living in the attic and I wasn't willing to find out oh. considering both of the back doors were open when I got there and I'm by myself on these inspections. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't willing to find out. So I kind of just stepped aside. Uh, I told them I'd finish it if they just let me know there was nobody in there and they didn't call back. So, um, <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> um, and then a grow house or what was a suspected grow house. Uh-oh. Um, it was a very weird, you get up to the second floor and what? was a closet, very obviously had been a closet, that wall had been hacked out. And the attic had had decking laid in it and then had ventilation put in it. Uh. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, stuff's not adding up. And then I went down and they had taken and you can use copper line for gas piping, but it has to be Schedule K. Uh-huh. And there's no way for me to know if it's Schedule K. And they had tapped into the gas meter run this copper line all the way around the house to the other side and had it going up through, wait for it, the ventilation for the cooktop. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're doing stuff in here that I don't want on my insurance. Yeah. So I had Ooh. the agent there and I'm telling her and she's like, well, you can still inspect it. I'm like, okay, let me put it this way. I'm not going to inspect <laughs> it. Can <laughs> and will are very, very different Very different issues. <laughs> I, I, my insurance guy is definitely going to question my sanity if I sent it, uh, if this gets on, you know, my insurance, he's going to be like, what were you thinking? You should have known better. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there has been stuff I have walked away from. Um, sometimes it's just better to walk away than find out you'd be sorry later well that brings us to the next question which is how do you wind down at the end of a long day (laughs) (laughs) i have a penchant for single malt highland scotch um actually it's just hanging out with my family and my dogs i like i showed up to craig's house and i was like oh my god dogs (laughs) I, i love my dogs i have a big dog medium dog little dog and i just pile up on the couch with my dogs and we we watch netflix or hulu i'm addicted to baking competition shows i have no idea why but they make like me happy the british baking show is that yes you like that, that one i love that one and like the spring baking championship and i love all those shows i don't know if it's watching people fall on their faces flat or <laughs> if it's actually watching people succeed with stuff that's like how do you actually make that edible um <laughs> you know like how do you make celery root into a dessert like that that's takes some talent to do that so it's kind of amazing that they can do some of those things so that's basically what strawberry rhubarb and rhubarb is yeah. like a cousin to celery isn't it yeah i mean i'm, I'm down for some rhubarb uh, don't know the answer to that. i mean they, they make stuff called chocolate uh-huh that yeah. stuff's good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and the darker, the better in my book. I like me some you know, dark you chocolate. You dip some celery in the dark chocolate? Is that the... I mean, if I have to. If you have to. I mean, yeah. it needs if a If I've got to eat celery, <laughs> it's going to be dipped in chocolate. I don't know. They had cheese cubes next to the chocolate fountain at my sister's wedding. So, I'm just hey. saying, cheddar cheese dipped in chocolate's not so bad. <laughs> I, I bet it's not. It's not. The, the, the place then, I don't dip stuff in chocolate <laughs> is Golden Corral, though. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't go to Golden Corral. I would okay, yeah, I ever. I don't think I need to However, fine, Kevin. They'll never be a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine Fantastic. with that. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But, but, but at a buffet like that, 
uh-huh. where there's a chocolate fountain. Oh, God, no. I'm out. Mm-mm. Do they no. have chocolate fountains? Again? Yes. I tap out. How, if you don't go, how do you know these things? Uh, well, I'm intrigued. I accidentally I, I, I showed up. He's outside with his, with his nose on the window. <laughs> like the Mervyn's lady. It's oh, a long story. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, she's starting to ask questions I don't want to answer. So let's go to the fourth one. Yeah, we're, we're, doing the, we're doing the interview rare. here. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? Well, um, when it comes to home inspection, actually the very first guy I ever worked for, and this is a lot of the reason why I do inspections the way I do. I was talking about getting a lot of the certifications that we've talked about that I don't have. And he goes, Hey, and I went, what? Like I was mid conversation, just super excited. Like I'm going to get this certification. He's yeah. like, Hey, and I went, what? He goes, how about you just be a good home inspector? Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of kept that kind of in my back pocket. Just be a good home inspector. Yeah. Like, know your role yeah, stay in your you lane know? Right? yes exactly stay in your lane do what you do do what you do the best you can do what you do and then if you get to where you want to do those other things then figure that out yeah but 567 inspections in i'm okay just being a home inspector <laughs> after all the stuff plenty. i've seen yeah i've seen some <laughs> wild stuff man i spend a lot of time in chinatown so down in the international district dude that's that's that crazy before stuff. or after work uh, well it depends on how long i'm down there but i can tell you this i carry my own set of chopsticks around because them them people down there know how to cook man i love mm. that's the best part about going down there is I get some of the best food on the planet, man. You yeah. find all those little dive hole in the wall places and get your foot on, you know. Oh, oh my God, foot. Pho. Mm. Yep. That's my good. favorite's when they're like, are you sure you're going to eat that? I'm like, yes, put the blood cake in the pho. I'm okay. It's all right. I like that. <laughs> all right. So the, the fifth and secret question of the final four. Oh, yeah, dang it. I know. How do people get a hold of you if they want to contact you? Uh, you can do it a couple of ways. Uh, you can call me on my phone, 281-217-2200. Um, I have a thing for Emmett Smith, so when they told me I could have 22, I was in. There you go. Um, <laughs> and then uh, get them inspected by Ricky Neal's my Facebook page. Um, it's literally spelt exactly how it sounds, G-E-T apostrophe E-M inspected um, by Ricky Neal. And you can message me through there. Um, and then, you know, just email ricky nil 333 at yahoo there's different ways um but really the first two are the easiest way if you text me i'll text back um if you message me i'll message back um i'm usually pretty quick about that the only time i'm not is if i'm in an attic or on a roof or in a crawl space um with the respirator on with a respirator on And I've actually hit the answer button and had to pull it off. <laughs> Be like, yes. Um, but yeah, you can get a hold of me that way. Um, and like I said, if you need, you guys said you're, you know, pretty much nationwide at this point. If anybody needs anything, pretty much in any state, I pretty much can help you find somebody that can help you out. Or I know somebody who can find somebody to help you out. Awesome. So we can get you pretty much hooked up yeah. across the country, which is pretty sweet. Are you just on Facebook or you got to? Uh, I have an Instagram. It's Ricky Inspects. And I can't, I think my LinkedIn is Ricky and Ricky Neal or Ricky Inspects as well. Okay. Um, Instagram is at Ricky Inspects. I okay. know that for sure. You put the videos up there um, as well. Sometimes I usually do um, like little e-cards with um, like 
photo collages that'll show you a condition and kind of, okay. you know, like this is the inside, this is the outside. How does that look to you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> or like she's got legs and the little thing taped to the end of the dryer vent. And mm. I was like, yeah, that's no, not how you. that's supposed to work. No. Mm. Um, well, I, I highly encourage folks to, uh, if they can, jump on over to your Facebook page and follow that. Because if nothing else, it's it's highly entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> if you get bored at work one day. But I highly encourage you to put your earphones on. It's not that I say anything inappropriate. I'm just loud. Um, <laughs> I, I've switched a couple of my key phrases to Lord Love a Duck and How on the Halibut. So your kids can watch. It is child-friendly now. Um in fact, I've actually had a fan make a meme for me of my Lord love a duck and put a rubber ducky in the safety pan of a water heater that was full of water. So, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, it was pretty funny. I was pretty, pretty excited about that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can get a hold of me those ways. And, I mean, like I said, if you get bored one day at work or you're at home, you can watch videos and find out the crazy world of inspection because it's just stuff you don't. You don't even inspect, you don't expect to need to be inspected. And it mm. really is kind of been strange and it's wild what we come up with. Mm. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show today. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, Kev, what else we got, man? I don't have anything. Thanks for uh, downloading today's episode. And uh, remember, we're here every Tuesday. And until next time, we'll see you later. See you.